Hello, and welcome to episode 15 of The Concert Venue. I'm Ben Peterson here with Alex Vang. Thanks for listening, everyone. I mean, here we are uh, for our first episode of, of 2021. And uh, to, to echo what we said uh, in our last episode from our year in review, uh, 2020 was a challenging time for people all over the music scene uh, and beyond, really. But, uh, but this podcast really had a good first year. Uh, we, we've had an excellent time with our guests and uh, having some diverse conversations. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to more of that as we uh, continue doing this uh, here into 2021. So speaking of uh, diverse conversations, uh, today's theme is diversity uh, as it exists within musicianship. And uh, we'll be joined later by our good friend, Adam Toms, who is about as diverse a musician as they come around here, accomplished uh, multi-instrumentalist uh, music teacher. So um, excited to have him on. And Alex, I know, you know, we've both talked a little bit about our musical upbringings on this show and, and, you know, but I think it's important to stress that musical diversity isn't necessarily taught in the same way that music theory or, or performance uh, is. Uh, when it comes to musical diversity, I mean, a person is exposed to all kinds of music, whether it be a, a high school orchestra or pop hits on the radio. Uh, and it's really up to each individual, uh, you know, to determine what sticks and, and, and what doesn't. So looking back, do you remember uh, when you first started exposing yourself to different, uh, different styles of music and kind of broadening those horizons? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, Hey, stop me if I, if I talk for too long, but um, I, I kind of look back <laughs> at my upbringing and exposure and I, I conclude that I was a bit of a late bloomer, you know, as a kid, I was exposed to a lot of classic rock, all the hard hitters, you know, Beatles, um, ACDC, hair metal bands, soft rock, 80s pop, you name it. But so much of the music I grew up listening to with my parents was sappy, lovey-dovey stuff. And I don't think I really turned to incorporating music as a part of my identity until high school uh, when I started listening to heavier music. So yay, teen angst. But um, you know, at the same time, I was becoming more musically active in school and being in choir, of course, simultaneously exposes you to classical composition and contemporary pop, which might surprise some people. But if you if you spend any time around choirs growing up, you'd know that there's often a lot of references or nods to modern pop tunes or popular Broadway tunes. So at that time, I was really starting to discover my love for singing and naturally as singers do, I sought out the best singers in all realms. And of course, being in my teens, that includes a lot of heavy music and, and uh, heavy classic rock. So thanks to a lot of new friends I was making in music, I, I really started listening to some of the greatest vocalists of, of popular music, like Freddie Mercury, especially. That was like, if you're in choir, he was the god. Um, you know, Steve Perry, Robert Plant, Joni Mitchell. I mean, I, I could go on and on, but you know, it doesn't take long to discover odd vocal techniques that aren't singing, things that they don't really teach you in school um, or in formal lessons, but you hear it happening and you can't help but wonder how the heck are they doing that stuff, you know? Stuff like screaming, growling, um, all that weird stuff. And, and I was, and still am, fascinated with, with all those odd things that human beings can do with the voice. And I think like other instruments, there's really no shortage of possible growth and exploration with it but of course if you're looking to compose and write music well you need to start looking at other instruments because uh singing ain't gonna cut it by itself you need something that pairs well with it so uh eventually i started playing guitar of course and that just pushed me to try a little bit of everything you, you as a guitar player you have to give everything a shot to learn the instrument you gotta learn a little bit of, a little bit of blues some rock uh folk uh funk folk you name it so 
it's, it's really a great instrument that naturally pushes you to explore. Yeah, I hear you. And it's, it's interesting how, you know, the instruments we choose and the path that we choose as musicians kind of uh, guides us through uh, discovering different genres and stuff. I mean, I know as, as a drummer, I've been drumming, you know, uh, since I was 10 years old, uh, grew up, my dad was a drummer. So introduced to a lot of the, the greats, uh, you know, for that instrument early on, uh, grew up listening to a lot of modern and, and classic rock music, but uh, then through middle and high school music classes, I was exposed to a lot of classical music, jazz from all eras, and you know, show tunes, musicals, uh, you know, and more. It's funny how you can build your fundamentals as a musician, but there are specific techniques or, or, or chops that you need uh, in order to play certain genres. I, I think many musicians, you know, strive to be the best that they can be at their respective instruments. And that really requires broadening your horizons with, with different styles of music, you know. And it, it's interesting, too, how each person will take away different lessons and, and different appreciations from different genres. And, and, and that can be you know, as just a fan of music or as a performer. I mean, I know for me as a drummer, I learned how to use all four limbs independently through learning all types of jazz music and just jazz as it evolved throughout the years. But, but also as a drummer, the skills that I have with my hands would not be what they are without the time that I spent playing in marching band in, in high school and college, you know, two very different kinds of music that taught me to, to do very different techniques that, that have formed one musician at the end of it all. So every opportunity to play is an opportunity to learn and every genre and, and type of music uh, provides an immense amount uh, of those opportunities. So uh, with that, I'm really excited to uh, talk to our guest, Adam, about this. So uh, let's take a listen uh, to a recent track from our guest, Adam Tom. So here's a clip from his song, Keep Breathing. That was Keep Breathing by Adam Toms, and we're joined by him now. Uh, Adam, thanks so much for being here. Hey, thanks a lot for having me. It was awesome. So to start off, I mean, you've got a, a long story when it comes to your background in music, but, uh, you know, give us some of that background info and, uh, you know, uh, tell us about your musical upbringing, some of the current projects that you're working on, that sort of thing. Well, it all started out. And I was born at Sacred Heart Hospital here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. <laughs> and my mom played. She taught her church pianist how to cross-stitch to get piano lessons from her. So we always had an acoustic piano growing up and dabbled around in the Disney songbook. And I didn't want to <laughs> take piano lessons. It was guitar or bust. <laughs> and... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I got a guitar, played 
band, orchestra, and choir throughout the excellent public music schools here in Eau Claire, DeLong North, um, Steve Wells, Karen Quant, um, Dennis Lugenbill. There was some good band directors that I had growing up, um, played in the jazz bands, and started doing the coffee shop scene. Um, had a blast doing that, found out that if you book 10 of your friends that all could play a few songs, you could get a lot more people to come out and have a good time. So we do just that, but made a lot of friends that way. Dan Kraft um, met him at one of my quasi open mic slash coffee shop gigs at cafe 420. Um, Starbucks used to cut a corporate check to basically throw a party there. And as a high schooler, it was the bee's knees to just, pack that place full of kids and sing songs and play guitar. And it was a blast. And yeah. And through the years, you know, I went through a bunch of handful of bands. Uh, I, I played as more and more and still do. Um, had a blast playing with Alex, our wonderful host in the blue room. Um, <laughs> and then my then fiance, now wife, and I formed a duet for the sake of touring Europe together, and we called ourselves Screambo. Um, then we left a voicemail when we got back on Jonathan Seeley's answering machine, covering one of his songs, and he called us back, and we started a band called Heart of the Heart after that voicemail and wanting to work together. Um, then I remember during the Blue Room days I was just talking to Chovy about this a couple months ago I would uh, Alex's brother Chovy for the listeners um, during the Blue Room set breaks I, I love playing drums and I would bug your brother so much to play drums that I remember he made me do push-ups because he was always like break dancing during set breaks oh I remember so, this yeah, so he was like he was working out on when we stopped band practice to go like take a break. He was working out. He'd go do headstands and spins and stuff. And so he was like, Adam, if you want to play my drums again, do push-ups. And so I did. I did push-ups <laughs> to play the drums. And then eventually I got asked to play drums in a band, one match fire with good old Dan Kraft, Ryan Pittenger, Ryan High. We had Drew Jarvis and uh Josh Hammis Murray play throughout the years, and that was really fun. And then good old Fathom Corey Crawwell, he was like my high school manager's at Sabaro's roommate, and he did like heavy metal. He was a death metal singer, I guess, way back in the day when we were kids. And then he wanted to work with us. But by then he was doing hip hop. So him, Melissa, and I, I'm a beautiful wife, started getting together on Monday nights and writing songs. And we formed the folk hip hop group Werewolves all around acoustic guitar, fathom rapping, and my wife singing the hooks. And uh, Ben awesomely came and played the drums for us. It was a blast. <laughs> and hopefully we get to do more of that in the future. I mean, time will tell. We'll see. And then. Throughout all this, working at Morgan Music, I, I fell in love with jazz. 
went back to playing jazz in the jazz band when I was just kind of a way to play guitar in school back then. But I always loved Steve Ray Vaughan. He was like one of my biggest main influences as a kid. And then uh, I really started studying it for the challenge and fell in love with it. I find myself like putting on jazz all the time. I, favorite album is John Coltrane and Johnny Hartman. Um, Johnny Hartman was the only singer John Coltrane ever worked with, to my knowledge. And it's just a gorgeous album. It's like Christmas sounding music without it being Christmas music. It's just so sexy, so beautiful. <laughs> and we started Mars Galactic Jazz and again got to work with Ben. He was awesome. And uh, got to play jazz fast and that was like a life goal right there. Like the little jazz fest. Eau Claire is like known for how good its jazz programs are. Like the high school bands taking them to essentially Ellington and winning it against all the D1 schools in New York. I believe it's in New York. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just cool. Uh, studied jazz. And I'm still studying jazz. It's like a lifelong pursuit. I feel just ignorant to it, but I love it. All those crazy chords. And yeah, well, so it's kind of like history of the bands, I guess. Yeah, I tell you what, Adam, I was <laughs> not expecting to hear a shout out to Sacred Heart Hospital, so I'll say, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, say I'll yeah. say that much. You're the first guest to 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 reference one of the beloved hospitals around here, so I'm sure they'll hear about that. And uh, <laughs> yeah, <bless them. laughs> so Adam, I, I've I've known you for quite some time. Um, we've shared a lot of time on the same stages. And this might be a long-winded question, but I, I think it's safe to say, especially in your previous answer, that your approach to music in general is probably best described as freeform. I, I don't think I know of another musician um, in the area whose body of work and interests may be more difficult to classify. I mean, I think that was exemplified in your first answer there. I, you know, I've seen you play proficiently in, in blues, jazz, metal, folk, pop, hip-hop, indie rock, you name it. Can you speak to your eclectic collection of tunes and general approach? Why why do you dive into so many different things and how do you have the time for it? Um, I guess I, I've always just loved and been fascinated with the process of learning. I really like learning new genres. It's almost like a mountain to climb. I remember being a kid and just challenging myself to write a country song, write a jazz song, write a pop song, write a rock song. And then I, I try to, my ears get tired of genres and stuff. So I just keep trying to listen to like, I put on African Christmas music. I put on Latin Christmas music this season. I, I just, I love the classic Elvis and all the standard Christmas albums and whatnot. But I like, I'm like an ear eater. I like to just hear new things and try to mimic those. It's just like a, a milestone of trying to, it's, it's a process of studying. And I feel like it's something that you can never master. You could spend your whole life just in one genre and be proficient, but I'm fascinated by all the genres and it's just the closer I get to the light, the the more I realize how many blemishes, the more spots you see, the closer you get to the light. I just realize how it's insane to try and tackle even one genre, let alone all of them. But I like all of them in their own way. I can respect like 
Beyonce and Kanye and in sync. And I see the beauty in the ingenuity of catchy country hooks that get stuck in your ear because you've heard them in the checkout line at the grocery store. But I also love the intricacy. Like I always say, jazz is like studying, if you were to look at the periodic table, it'd be like plutonium or uranium. Like you could study a hundred pop songs and maybe get like not even a few rows down. But if you study a couple jazz songs, you're like, you're looking at something that's a heavy metal. It's dense. So I I love that about it. But yeah, there's not enough time in the day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, and, and I think it's interesting too, you touch on how, how these genres, you know, you can spend so much time in one and there's so much to learn just in one, but there's also, the ways that the genres can kind of influence each other. You can learn things from jazz that apply to heavy metal and learn things from pop that apply to, uh, you know, newer classical writings. I mean, you can, uh, it, it all ties together. And, and so for, for you as a musician and, and as someone who I think, like you said, is very much in that pursuit of, of knowledge, how important is it for musicians like that to find a range of genres and, and styles to expose themselves to? And how would you say, has it made you a better player over, over your time as a musician? I, I think it's fairly important. Um, I mean, I picture like a flamenco guitarist or a Spanish guitarist playing only Spanish music in my mind's eye. I don't know if it's true, but and then just really getting nuanced in that. And that could be a beautiful thing too. But in this modern world of music there's i mean you listen to a song on the on the pop radio and it cascades from genre to genre within like a 30 second window you can have tastes of all the sounds and music has forever pushed the line of tension and release of what the listener will accept and what they want to do they've held it in their hands like the artists throughout history have held it in their hands what they want to do but also what people will listen and dance and have a good time to it's it's a balance between the two adam you're so you're you've been teaching guitar for quite some time um how do you go about teaching guitar fundamentals and genre specific skills for for your students and and i ask because I feel like most freelance guitar players will start with like a specific goal in mind. I, I certainly was that way, right? Like what guitar player is going to want to just learn how to shred right away, or um, I, they want to learn how to play jazz standards. They want to understand the blues. Do, do you find that starting off with a specific genre is a good way to start with students or, you know, what are your general experiences there? Well, it's all the blues is what I tell them. Everything, if you strip away the distortion, and all That's the true. rhythmic syncopation and whatnot, it's all one, four, five blues, major or minor. And so that's the beauty of it is I make everybody play their classic blues, one, four, five progression, G, C, D, all the way home. And then they can take and make that into a country hook if they like to sing. They could take and do some tritone substitution if they want to play it like the Lonious Monk. But, uh, yeah, I make them all play their scales and pentatonic scale, major scale, and basic chords and get them playing to a rhythm with a metronome. Or I tell them all to download a drum machine app because they're free and jam with that. 
Um, right. Always important to play with the metronome, kids. Yeah. <laughs> Always play with the metronome, kids. You know that. You, I I agree with your answer. I, I tell folks all the time, uh, especially if they aren't familiar with theory. I mean, everything is the major scale, and then substitutions or exceptions to the rule. Right. If the major scale is your rule then all the interesting music that you love out there, the blues, the jazz, the metal, you name it, it's all about breaking away from that. And, you know, guitar is one of those weird instruments where you you may not need a bulk of intimate theory knowledge to to really thrive and, and succeed. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. I mean, Kurt Cobain was the proprietor of that right there. Just good old power chords taking all day. over the world. Yeah. It's beautiful. You learn one position, put a capo on, depending on where the singer's singing, and you can have a blast. And really, music and lyrics, the melody and the lyrics transcend all the keys. It's it's for the sake of, are you playing with a piccolo or are you playing with a Barry Sax that's trying to take the lead? That we have all the keys, it seems like, or for the continuity of, I read it was in like the Vatican, they had they were trying to have a church service in the early days and they like people from France showed up and people from Spain showed up and they all tried to sing do re mi, but there wasn't a do. It wasn't a 442 tuned Western music world. It was like, <laughs> right. if, if uncle Larry sings an A, it's a down here. If aunt Lisa sings an A, it's up here. So they had to say, this is, this is an A, but really the, the relationship between tonic and dominant can happen in all 12 keys and it just is shifted where do is. So yeah, you don't need an, you need an extensive knowledge of harmony maybe, but your ears can lead you to that without the Western knowledge of harmony. You could just say, I like that. That that sounds good. I like that. I think what you're, I think what you're referring to is timber, right? You know, every, every instrument has its unique, set of frequencies um, that we yeah. can describe using the word timber. And that's why I think vocals are, will never not be interesting because everyone, yeah. everybody is just slightly different and has a different timber. And then you combine it all, all the different elements, you're going to get something beautiful out of it. Even if you can pick out five different bands and they all have the same instruments and one vocalist, but that collection of timber is, is going to be unique amongst all of them. I think that's what yeah. you're trying to say anyway. Yeah, and different lyrics, and you can do the same melody and just change the lyrics and say something totally different. So it's fun so, to study um, the theory. Oh, so, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, so, you know, speaking of your, your, your time, you know, doing private lessons and teaching guitar, I mean, I, I wanted to pivot for a minute that, uh, obviously, that's another huge part of the the local music ecosystem that that has been impacted by by COVID over the the past year here. So, I guess, uh, how have you been able to adjust, uh, you know, your lesson plans and just logistics around teaching to uh, you know to keep teaching uh, during this time? Yeah, uh, did the video lesson thing for a while there, and uh, thank God, a lot of people have just wanted to come back to the studio, so we just wear masks and stay safe or whatnot. Um, and you know, they don't have some of the schools like in the rural areas, they're maybe not in session or they are this week, they aren't the next. And the, the kids don't have music. So their parents are sending them in to get their music. Not like 
exposure to music. Otherwise, they'd have nothing. And they know they just want to nurture their kids' artistic side or creativity. And so they send them to me. <laughs> and I get to kind of <laughs> give them a crash course on how it's affected me, which is just a crazy, amazing thing. I don't know where I'd be without music. That's pretty amazing that you've been able to continue to do that. We, we had Tell on, uh, Tell Morgan for you listeners a couple episodes ago and we really wanted to get his input on how COVID has really impacted his perspective and his business. And he was, you know, he had, at some point he had suggested that, that he is seeing at least a little bit of an uptick. Um, I mean, I have to imagine with COVID more people stuck at home, like you said, less people being exposed to music, especially young students. So um, he confirmed that, that certainly there are more new faces coming in. And, and purchasing equipment and uh, that's just awesome to see and awesome to hear from you as well that you can you can continue to do that given these circumstances and maybe even seeing some new faces yeah it's amazing yeah good for you Adam let's let's talk a little bit about some of your current work obviously we previewed um, a newer track from you earlier called keep breathing um, tell us about that track and your recording process because as as far as your solo stuff goes um, that's a very new sound for you. So tell us about the tune. Yeah. Well, I guess I can kind of relate. Like when Burn Dog was putting out his newest album, 22 Million or whatnot, he kind of said, oh, the guitar, old hat. I needed to explore new sounds, new things. And I could re- really relate to that. I played guitar before that violin, and pian- you know, uh, piano and but especially guitar for decades now, I guess, sadly. (laughs) Um, And I just was saving up for a long time for this Logic Pro X Mac rig and started having way too much fun with it. It was new sound. It was inspiring. And, but then I went back to the piano for the, like we were saying before, the old music and lyrics, It, it all starts with a few chord changes and a melody and some good, what you have to have something to say. And I was like singing a song to myself, like keep breathing. That was a message to me. Like you, I remember I was like crying over the keyboard, just screaming to myself, keep breathing. And I needed it. I needed to, you know, as a sensitive artist, we, uh, it's, you know, it gets hard sometimes. You, you can't see past the tip of your own nose. Everywhere you go, dang, there you are, as Ben Fold said it, and many others in different ways. Um, yeah, I think I could agree with that. I, I, there's something to be said about when you're looking for inspiration to switch up instruments. You yeah. Know, it, it Every instrument demands something specific out of you. And look, I, I'm not that much of a multi-instrumentalist, but even switching between something as simple as guitar and bass, it requires something different out of you. And sometimes that change in perspective is enough to kick you off on a new path, right? And yeah. it sounds like the same thing happened to you. You started playing some keys and boom, yeah. different sounds, different actions, different physical relationship with the with the equipment. And uh, here you are. Here we are, yeah. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about more and more. You know, when I first met you, you were pretty busy with that project. Um, I remember you guys had a pretty wonderful album that you had released. You toured with more and more. 
Um, or I, I guess that was Scrimbo, my apologies. But I know that you recently revived the project. So what have you guys been up to lately? Well, more and more was always me doing, dinking around with my musical toys. And then whoever I could rope into doing it that I had a lot of fun and enjoyed their company with, I would, that first more and more album, I, I did tour with, like I booked myself and John Celia tour. And it was just me on an acoustic guitar, singing my songs, saving up for the Mac that I finally got. Um, and over time it grew. And the night of our tour kickoff show, someone came up to us, our buddy Ryan Johnson says, ah, it's not a real tour unless you go to Texas. If you go to Texas, I'll pay for your gas. And so I got on the phone. It's, this was like the phone era. We toured with an Atlas, no smartphones, um, and had to make phone calls. And we booked shows on the way to Texas, and we made it to the Gulf of Mexico and extended the tour an extra week, and we did it. It was ridiculous. Those days are long gone, man. <laughs> yeah. You need more than and, just a flip phone to, to yeah. plan a tour. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I remember I was logged into Alyssa's UW email and <laughs> booking it at the Haas Pond Art Center, logged in as Alyssa. And on the flip phone, calling everybody to try it's and okay. get those gigs. I won't tell anybody you stole her identity for the sake of music. So. <laughs> No worries. <laughs> yeah. and, and speaking of, of of shows and whatnot, do you have any planned releases on the horizon or any uh, any shows happening soon? I mean, I know it's COVID, so there's only so much you can do. I played a show on January 4th, a couple week and a half ago. Oh, no kidding. Where was this? Up in on Long Lake, a beautiful... It was a cover show. Um, I, I was supposed to play for four hours. And so I learned like a hundred cover songs and I got a loop pedal and a synthesizer thing. I put on my guitar from Scott Johnson, gave it, gave the synth thing to me. God bless him, man. He's thinking, gave me this $750 rig for my guitar. And I can loop like bass and keyboards and all these crazy sounds on my guitar. Now I can play the piano and the trumpets and the saxophone without even switching instruments. It's nuts. And so I played, I, I wanted to learn a bunch of stuff, so I, I got under that Northern Lights Entertainment, Judy Van Gilder, and uh, yeah, so I'm doing like the cover show stuff, um, but yeah, with the pandemic, there's nothing going on really on the horizon. Um, I, I'm tentatively planning a live concert as more and more, um, and I, I played a show before the pandemic as more and more playing all my original songs and whatnot. And I've been playing with backtracks. Um, I recorded a whole album worth of stuff on my computer at home and took away my vocals and my guitar parts. And then I wear in-ear monitors and rock it out on stage. And it's like a full band with just little old me. And it, I mean, it'd be really fun to have a band behind it and who knows what time will bring with that. But, in the meantime, as things are right now, I've got to get it figured out how to do the whole online concert thing. I'm, I'm more a little more analog where it comes to I just like my guitar. But I've figured out how, what I need to in order to record, and I really enjoy it. Like, 
Don Seely and I are working on a new project. We just recorded a song on Saturday that we're in the process of mixing and laying vocals on. We got like all the instruments done. And uh, yeah, so I mean, keep your ears out. There's going to be a more and more live stream concert here coming up. And uh, yeah, the, the more and more sound is, it always was just me with the guitar writing lyrics and melodies because that's how it comes about think like or how it needs to start is just with chords something to say and, and some sort of top line some beautiful melody or awful melody depending on what the song calls for but it's as I always kind of wanted it to be in my mind's ear that there would be a band and it'd be nice if it was with other musicians but Time will tell. Let's see, let's see how it goes with that. And then, oh, absolutely. Well, that's that's very cool, and and definitely excited to see, uh, to see more of that project and see what's coming up. So, for uh, for any of our listeners who who might be interested in learning more about uh, more and more, or even just learning more about uh, getting in contact with you for guitar lessons or anything like that, I guess what's the best way for people to uh, to connect and, and follow along? Well, if you'd like guitar lessons. I do those to Morgan Music, um, morganmusiconline.com slash lessons to sign up. Um, my music is posted on SoundCloud under my booking monikers, Indoor Lion Roar. That's Indoor Lion Roar. I-N-D-O-O-R-L-I-O-N-R-O-A-R. Um, on SoundCloud. Um, I got some stuff on YouTube too, but yeah, keep your ears out for more and more, more love. I worked at a lot of Italian restaurants to the years, so came up with that name. When the moon hits your eye, like a big pizza pie was the soundtrack <laughs> we had to listen to on repeat all day in my high school job. So I spoke. <laughs> so it's stuck. <laughs> it's stuck. Well, yeah. Adam. <laughs> Thank you so much, man, for, for joining us today and, and just sharing your wealth of knowledge. I mean, it's, it's really been great talking to you and uh, always great to talk shop. And, uh, you know, we're really happy that, uh, that you were able to join us for this conversation. So, again, thank you so much uh, for being here today. Yeah, thank you, gentlemen, a lot for having me. I really appreciate it. You're doing God's work here, making this beautiful podcast. I love it. It's so cool just to hear, like, the sports radio talking about the music I know and love from all my homies in town and hope, hopefully future homies. So. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, man. Love it. Share, share it with all your friends. Thank you very much. Yeah, sure. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben, I, I appreciate Adam's upbringing and his his uh, hometown Eau Claire pride. So, thank you, Sacred Heart, for safely delivering such a person into this uh, community. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, even though I've known Adam for a long time, and we've even spent some time writing music together in the past, I've never actually asked him about his general approach to music. Uh, I guess that's the beauty of this podcast, but I've always known that he tackles music in a unique way. I, I myself, I don't have the capacity to uh, digest music the way he does. He, I think most folks desire proficiency with the, with maybe a selected genre or direction, or maybe, you know, a select couple of instruments, but Adam's approach is just a little bit elevated beyond that. And, you know, he, like he said earlier, he, seeks to explore understand and experiment with with every 
musical direction that he can find. And the fact that he's an accomplished teacher only solidifies his passion for helping others to explore. So that's just interesting and great. And I'm glad that he was on to speak about that. Um, and, you know, one, one final note for me, uh, for you listeners out there, when, when, when it comes to practice, we in the music community always stress improving your listening skills. And Ben, this is something you've taught me as well, whether that's recognizing and digesting rhythm well, or earing out layers within the music, listening skills are equally important to actual performance skills. And in my experience, Adam has some of the most skilled ears I've ever been around. It almost reminds me of various music teachers that I've had. Oh, I completely agree. And and I love how, like you said, exposing yourself to different sounds and styles can help you grow as a performer, whether that's exposing yourself by trying to play a different style or just just listening and, and digesting it, uh, you know, that way. I mean, it's it's very similar to, to sports in the sense, you know, if you've got an athlete who, who plays baseball is going to be working different muscles and, and using different techniques than an athlete playing hockey. You know, they're both athletes, but very different things going on. And, you know, the same is true for music. Playing multiple genres allows you to use different techniques and expand your musical toolbox. And it's an important lesson that uh, any aspiring musician should, should take to heart. Uh, diversity is only going to make you better. Uh, this concludes episode 15 of The Concert Venue, brought to you by Eau Claire Hometown Media. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and email us at theconcertvenuepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay safe, everyone.